Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Psalm 32. I'm going to read the first seven verses, but before we do, I just want to say that if you've been enjoying the podcast, um, we would love to have you give us a rating or review or maybe even both. Uh, Stars and kind words are always helpful as we get the word out about this podcast to people who are trying to uh, maybe look for this kind of content on the internet. So I would just invite you to do that if you have the margin and would want to do it. Um, But let's just jump into the word now. Excited to, to read and sit in the scripture with you today. This is a Psalm of David. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For night and day, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. Selah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray, and then let's try to... Hear what we can hear from David. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the Bible. And I pray today that you would give us the grace that we need to be present to the word today. I pray, God, that we would find our story in this story. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I think before I say a few things about this psalm, it's, it's really important for us to remember our purpose here at Renewing the Center. We're not here just to preach sermons to you. Uh, the goal and the heartbeat, really, of what we're doing with this podcast is to offer some reflective space. We hope this gives you, this time gives you an opportunity to slow down, um, to, to think deep and true thoughts about God, but maybe most importantly, that we would begin to read the Bible when we read it ourselves in a reflective way, in a way where we are allowing our hearts to be renewed by the work of the Spirit. And that's why this daily office and daily lectionary reading was the one we chose for today, because this poem begins with such a beautiful statement about forgiveness. The, the David says, happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Y'all, to be forgiven is to have a debt canceled, something that you cannot repay gets canceled. And it's a legal term, but really more than a legal term. Forgiveness is um, what happens when your life is given back to you, when you owe something that you could never make right, and then all of a sudden the debt is canceled. And what comes next in this passage after that beautiful bit about our debts being canceled, about um, our sin being covered, is actually uh, there to help us understand the weight of sin that should motivate us to be the kinds of people who seek God's forgiveness. So let's just look at the text with an eye toward seeing what should what builds in us that should remind us that forgiveness is something we should seek. David says, While I kept silent, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For night and day your hand was heavy upon me. My strength, he says, was dried up as by the heat of summer. Y'all hear the poet is describing the pressure 
uh, that is created in the inside of our life when we have unconfessed sin that we need to deal with. And what David is essentially pointing to here is the reality of the pain of conviction, the uncomfortable nature of feeling convicted regarding sin. But we live in a culture that tells us that we should always feel good. And so when we feel these feelings that David is describing of a body wasting away, um, our strength being sapped, the hand of God being heavy on us, we, we try to escape those kinds of feelings. And many of you listening to me today, you are weary because you have not known what to do with your unconfessed sin. We try to escape. We uh, numb ourselves. We check out. And when we do those things, something in us begins to die. But this is a reminder, those feelings of our strength being sapped, uh, that feeling of, of groaning or an inner pressure, rather than be something we should run from or avoid, that's an indicator from God that something is off, that something needs to be dealt with within the landscape of your life. Y'all sin diminishes us. It drains us. It eats at us. There's actually a, a proverb that says that a, a man who commits adultery, a man who is unfaithful, is reduced to a piece or a loaf of bread. It's like our humanity is, is diminished when we have unconfessed sin at play in our lives. And I, I know that many of you listening to me have unconfessed sin in your life. And the reason why I know that is that we Protestants don't do a great job in the arena of confession. And I, I think the image that David paints here of the heavy hand of God resting on us when we have unconfessed sin is actually a very orienting image. The, the picture of a heavy hand, that the weight we feel when we have unconfessed sin, that weight is the hand of God, and it's not to be resisted. We, we have to learn how to embrace that weight, to not try to wiggle out of it, because we actually can't cure ourselves apart from the hand of God. And when I was thinking about these, this idea of the heavy hand of God, my mind went to one of the Chronicles of Narnia. And if you'll recall those stories written by C.S. Lewis, there was one in particular about a little boy named Eustace who had made some really bad choices. And in the process of making bad choices, he actually became a dragon, turned himself into a dragon. Um, I think Lewis says it something like this. He said, the, the little boy found a dragon's lair and he, he fell asleep on the pile of treasure thinking dragonish thoughts and he became a dragon himself. And in that story, eventually, Eustace decides he doesn't want to be a dragon. He wants to be a boy again. And Aslan, the, the Christ figure, the Jesus figure, this big lion, leads him to this fountain at the top of a mountain. And he says to Eustace, uh, do you want to be a boy again? And Eustace tries to cut into his dragon skin to recover the child inside. But every time he claws into his skin, there's just more dragon underneath and he can't do it. And there's this great and powerful moment in the story where Eustace looks at Aslan and he's helpless because every time he tries to claw to the boy inside, he can't get to the boy inside. And if you're anything like me, you've done this with your own sin. You've tried to deal with your own sin and your own strength. But every time you do, you just peel a layer off and there's another dragonish layer underneath. And Aslan in the story looks at Eustace and he says, if you want to recover the boy inside, you're going to have to let me do it. And he says, and it's going to hurt because I'm going to cut deeper than you can cut. 
and the dragon boy lays back and he allows the lion to to dig his claws into him. And I think that's what happens when we begin to deal with conviction and confession. We allow the heavy hand of God to go deeper into our dragon skin than we would ever do if left to our own devices trying to handle it ourselves. That's what David's saying here. The second thing that I think he's saying is, when he uses these words, then I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. David is reminding us that confession is absolutely life-changing, that acknowledging our sin without qualification, without making an excuse is the very heart of confession. And many of us, we make partial confessions. We, we admit our fault, but then we make an excuse or we admit our fault and then we say, but, um, you know, It wasn't really all my fault. And this is a reminder that confession is honest work. It's a work of honesty before God. And that work of honesty releases us from the weight of the heavy hand of God. If you've ever confessed your sin without qualification to God and trusted others, you know that what I'm saying is true. If unconfessed sin eats at us, if it drains our humanity, then confessed sin actually builds us up even as we face consequences associated with the sin that we're naming because there are real consequences. But bearing the weight of consequences is not a bad weight. It actually is a liberating feeling. There's a real freedom that comes when we confess our faults. And I wanna call you to learn how to confess your sin to God without reservation or qualification and to confess your sin to trusted others. So I think that there's a, a skill associated, a discipline, if you will, associated with learning to give and then receive confession in Christian community. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once famously said that when a brother or sister confesses his or her sin to another brother or sister, that Christ Jesus is made real in the presence, the word, the touch of the other person hearing confession. Y'all, we have to break sin confession out of the echo chamber of our own heads and tell somebody when we've sinned. So here's how I do it. Find a trusted person. You have to you can't just confess your sin to anybody. It has to be a trusted person. If you don't have one, it can be a pastor. We are here for you as pastors to hear confession of sin. And when we find a trusted person, we need to do a couple of things. We need to name the sin specifically. Uh, typically, I would encourage someone to say, I have sinned by, and then you say what it is. And then you say, I repent, and I ask for God's forgiveness and for your forgiveness to the person who's hearing your confession. And then the job of the person listening to confession is not to give a pastoral advice session. That might be for another time. In confession, the person should simply lay their hands on the brother or sister and say, I hear your confession, God hears your confession, and I speak God's forgiveness, kindness, and mercy over you. And then we pray and ask for God's peace. We don't counsel or advise in confession. That's given for another time. In confession, We look, we touch, and we speak God's forgiveness, his peace. And then we get up, and it is what it is. We walk away, and we know that we've done what God's asked us to do. Here's what I think David leaves us with in the latter part of the passage. When he speaks about the floodwaters not overtaking us, what he's saying here is that we're promised by God that we will not be overwhelmed by the weight or the flood of our sin. 
More than this, David tells us here, um, the Lord rather tells us through David that we are going to be able to experience God as a hiding place, a preserver from trouble, one who surrounds us with glad cries of deliverance. And I just want you to think about that. What a contrast. The beginning of this poem was my, my, my life was dried up as in the heat of summer, and now we're surrounded by glad cries of deliverance simply because we confessed our sin. I want to encourage you to take confession seriously. Lent is a time and an opportunity for us to examine our hearts and our conscience and to offer confession. And I want to challenge you to look for people uh, with whom you can confess and to seek to be a kind of person who can be a confessor to others. This is really important. I think it's the heart of being a Christian, being a follower of God. So I pray that you would do that today. Father, I ask you to bless my friends as they, um, as we all actually think about what it means to take confession seriously. And Lord, wherever we've been sapped or diminished, whether wherever we're feeling the heavy hand of your conviction on us, Lord, I pray that you would teach us what to do about that. And ultimately, Lord, I pray that you would surround my brothers and sisters with glad cries of deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center. Mm-hmm.